For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for being with me on this Wednesday. We are midweek, and I'm delighted to have you on board. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Please follow me on social media. My Instagram is at Monica Crowley underscore, at Monica Crowley underscore, and on Twitter and Truth Social, I am at Monica Crowley. Also, shoot me an email about this show to Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. I read them all, I see them all, so send them my way. All right, we've got a lot to get to today. You know, I always try to, to do a lot of preparation for the show, and most of the time, the world just blows it all out of the water. All of my painstaking preparation goes out the window because we've got so much coming at us every day. There are always a bajillion stories that I want to cover with you guys, and I can only get to so many per show. Uh, because the the world is just in a, a pure state of chaos, much of it deliberate. So today I want to deal with the deliberate destruction of the U.S. economy by Biden and Harris and all of the Democrats in total control in Washington. I also want to talk about the remarkable exchange yesterday between Senator Josh Hawley and a Berkeley law professor, Berkeley, of course, uh, this took place on Capitol Hill. It was a hearing, and it was extraordinary. It was revealing in so many ways, including how the left wins. We're going to get into that as well. You're not going to want to miss it. Also today, we're going to speak with Harriet Higman, 
who is the Trump-endorsed Republican candidate running against Liz Cheney in Wyoming's lone congressional district. She is creaming Liz Cheney, which is so fantastic. And uh, the primary is right around the corner in mid-August. So Harriet will be here. Plus your emails at the end of the show, as always. First up, though, the Monica Memo. While Dr. Jill Biden was engaged in casual racism, mispronouncing the word bodega and comparing Latinos to breakfast tacos. I mean, everybody on the left, when you look at the, those who are in positions of power from Biden to his wife, that they're all like casually racist and nobody seems to care. It's all cool. So Dr. Jill is out there comparing Latinos to breakfast tacos, and the National Association of Hispanic Journalists fired back in a hilarious tweet. I mean, it was serious to them, but I mean, hilarious in the sense that they put her in her place, and they said, we are not tacos. So Dr. Jill, through a spokesperson, had to apologize for that. But a reporter from the Washington Post tweeted, and I retweeted this, Um, that Dr. Jill's remarks, like any top-level administration official, and I saw this happening all the time in the Trump administration, this is just how it's done, any public remarks by the president, the first lady, the secretary of the treasury, doesn't matter, it all has to go through this process of uh, an interagency process. So, for example, if Secretary Mnuchin were giving remarks about economic sanctions, Those remarks would be drafted in-house at the Treasury Department, but then they have to go to every department that has a stake in what he was going to say. So they would go to the Commerce Department for review. They'd go to the State Department for review. And then, of course, they'd go to the White House for review, not just policy review, but legal review. It's a whole process. So it's not like Dr. Jill just went out there and freelanced her whole speech. No way. Of course not. And the Washington Post reporter Ashley Parker tweeted this yesterday that, yes, in fact, her speech was vetted and reviewed by multiple people in multiple areas throughout the White House and administration. And apparently everybody thought that the bodega and breakfast taco line was great. The the fact that they didn't even flag this tells you the casual racism in this White House and among these people is just rampant. So anyway, while she was out there talking about tacos, uh, today we got the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. This is the inflation number for consumer prices for the month of June. And it showed that inflation is running 9.1% year over year. 9.1%. So, again, consumer prices, this is the the amount of money that you pay for basic goods, your your life necessities. It is up 9.1% year over year. This is the biggest jump in over 40 years. The last time we saw a rate running this hot was November of 1981. President Reagan was not in office one year, right? So uh, this is astonishing, 9.1 inflation. Biden, Harris, and the Democrats controlling all of Washington, 
deliberately created this nightmare. This is a deliberate destruction of the United States economy, straight up. Biden, as you know, has spent the last year and a half since inflation really started ticking up, blaming everybody but himself. He blamed COVID. Then it was Putin with the Putin price hike. He's still blaming Putin for that. Then blaming big oil. Then gas station owners. Because remember, sky-high gas prices are factored into all of this. Sky-high energy prices are factored into all of this because energy is built into everything you consume. You go through the McDonald's drive-thru. Number one, you're in your car, so you're, you're spending gas. Gas is going through your car system in order to get there. You buy a burger and some fries and a shake. Energy is built into all of that. So when you fork over that 20 bucks for the burger, fries, and shake, or maybe it's even more now, um, it, it's because energy is through the roof. And then, of course, there's so many other factors in this uh, that go into to skyrocketing inflation on everything that you're buying. But you blame big oil so predictable, blamed mom and pop gas station owners, then of course blamed Republicans when Democrats have total control in Washington. It's all a lie. Everything they tell you is a lie. He's out there blaming everybody but himself and his party. And of course he has to do this politically. He's got to deflect from the fact that they deliberately created this nightmare. This is not an accident. This is all intentional. And, you know, let's let's say, let's do a little thought experiment. Let's just say, okay, they stumbled into this inflation. They thought uh, COVID was still going crazy and the economy still needed support. So they pushed through the American Rescue Plan in March of 2021 with all of these trillions of dollars of spending, and then they spent trillions more on infrastructure and whatever. Let's just, for a thought experiment, let's say, okay, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Then you would say, okay, well, then logically, when all hell started breaking loose with inflation, they would move heaven and earth to rein it in. They would stop the government spending. They would check themselves and say, wait a minute, we created this this mess. How are we going to get out of it? Even if they wanted to continue the spending levels as they were, just out of pure political survival, because these inflation numbers, this is political death. Political death. I gave the New York Times, they came to me for a, uh, for a quote about the political ramifications of skyrocketing inflation. I gave them a couple of quotes yesterday. I haven't seen it yet. Maybe they'll use it. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But this is political death for Biden, Harris, and the Democrats, and they all know it. And yet, the administration and the rest of the Democratic Party will not change course. Why? Because they've got the eyes on the prize. They know they're likely to get wiped out in November. And you know what? They would rather be in power than not. But they have a higher priority. And that higher priority is to fundamentally change the country. So none of this is an accident at all. I should say that the Federal Reserve does have a lot of responsibility here too on inflation 
for continuing to to pump trillions of dollars into the economy, keeping interest rates way too low for way too long. But it's the fiscal policy of the Democrats with their out-of-control spending to push their neo-communist agenda that has really caused this. Yes, the Fed too. Do you know that last year, the year 2021, the federal government between fiscal and monetary response meaning what the Democrats were spending and what the Fed was pumping into the system, that they have spent $6.8 trillion that we don't have, can't afford, and didn't need to spend. That's what's caused all of this. But they don't care. They don't care about you. It's no wonder that Biden took off to the Middle East. Um, When presidents are in trouble at home, especially deep doo-doo like this, they take off. They take off. They try to change the subject by being abroad. They try to look like statesmen on the world stage. And they love to be surrounded by sympathetic world leaders who all think like they do, or at least most of them do. So they, they love to go abroad and be like in an international people bath. <laughs> they all do it. They all do it. Republican presidents, Democratic presidents, all of them. So Biden has decided, I mean, they, they knew that this inflation number was going to be completely off the wall. So they had set up this trip. Now, on Monday, we were talking about how the man is senile, he's out to lunch, and he's old, old. And I told you how originally this Middle East trip to Israel and Saudi Arabia, originally, this was supposed to be tacked on to his European trip, which took place about two weeks ago or so. But they realized that he was old and tired and breaking down abroad, so they brought him home. And then decided, okay, we'll we'll give him two weeks worth of rest, and then we'll send him back out, this time to the Middle East. That's why he's taking this separate trip. But he's also there for political reasons, right? So Biden's got two objectives on this trip. Neither one of them are good. His first objective is to try to push the catastrophic Iran nuclear deal on the Israelis. The Israelis are going to tell him to chuck it. But he's there, he's there today trying to talk to the Israeli government about, hey, this is going to be a great deal. Iran is going to have nuclear weapons that they're going to be able to put on your heads in about five minutes. So I hope you guys are cool with that. The Israelis are like, "Uh, hell no. I'm sure they're going to be more diplomatic, but maybe not. Wouldn't it be great if world leaders just dispensed with all the diplomatic niceties with all the protocol, and just looked Biden in the face and said, you are an absolute asinine fool, and we're not going to go down this road with you. You're on your own. I I wish the Israelis would do it. I wish the Saudis would do it. And maybe they will behind closed doors. It would be so delicious and refreshing if they just would do that. So he's pushing a nuclear weapon on top of Israel, And then, of course, he's going to go to Saudi Arabia and beg them for more oil. He's going to beg them to increase output to try to bring the the price down. And and I wish Mohammed bin Salman and the Saudis would look at him and say, dude, you in the U.S. are sitting atop more energy resources than any other country on the face of the earth. 
including us. So why don't you get your own damn oil out of your own damn ground? Be so great if MBS did that. I don't think they will, but maybe they will. Maybe they've had it with this guy. Maybe they're just up to their eyeballs and in this BS coming from Biden and his team, and they're just going to let it rip. That would be a thing of beauty. I would love that. I'm not sure we would hear about it if it did happen, but man, we can only hope. So here he is. He's he's abroad. He's striding the world stage to try to deflect attention away from uh, the disaster, the economic disaster, and every other disaster here at home. America has about half a million homeless, and the Biden regime gives them crack pipes while sending another $1.7 billion for a grand total of about $770 billion to Ukraine. They just approved another $1.7 billion to go to Ukraine. So crack pipes aplenty. We've got military veterans who cannot get care. Uh, You are struggling to make ends meet just with life's basic necessities thanks to Biden inflation. And they just approved another $1.7 billion to go to Ukraine for a grand total just of the last couple of months since this war started of $70 billion while you suffer. Your economic pain does not matter to them one bit. They don't care. They hate you. And I saw somebody on Twitter tweet this. I I think it's a great, it's a great point. This person tweeted, if they can just print another 1.7 billion to send over to Ukraine, why do we pay taxes? We pay taxes ostensibly to support the government and the government services, the military and so on, right? (laughs) Not that we get much for our, uh, for our tax dollars anyway, But if they can just print this money, why are we paying taxes? For what reason? Answer me that. Riddle me that, Batman. They hate you. They hate you and they also want you distracted, which is why they keep pressing the January 6th committee. We're going to talk to Harriet Hageman, who's running against Liz Cheney here in just a couple of minutes. But the reason why the propaganda press keeps pushing the January 6th committee and running their their uh, hearings and all this crap is because they want you distracted on stuff that doesn't matter. Just as the Mueller investigation was the cover-up of the criminal framing of Donald Trump as a Russian asset, the January 6th committee is the cover-up of the criminal framing of Trump as an insurrectionist. Plus, it does have the useful purpose here of distracting you from all of the catastrophes that are befalling us on purpose. When we come back, I want to talk about this incredible exchange between Josh Hawley and this Berkeley professor Uh, Yesterday on Capitol Hill, it was astonishing for a whole number of reasons, and we're going to get to it, including this is how the left wins. You're not going to want to miss this. Sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double, 
and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. All right, welcome back. In a couple of minutes, we're going to be joined by Harriet Hageman, who is running against Liz Cheney for the lone congressional seat in Wyoming. It's going to be a dynamite interview. Can't wait. And we're going to have your emails, as usual, at the end of the show. Maybe I'm going to read yours, so sit tight. First, though, I want to get into this incredible exchange uh, between Senator Josh Hawley and this Berkeley law professor, God help us, uh, her name is Kiara Bridges. And apparently, I, first of all, you, you need to know who's teaching your kids. And I know by the time you get to law school, you're already an adult. I get that. But everybody needs to be paying really close attention to who is educating our, our future here. I don't care if you're in the kindergarten or if you're in law school at Berkeley. Uh, we need to be paying a lot closer attention because the left has infiltrated our educational system for decades. And the end result is this Berkeley uh, law professor, Kiara Bridges. And this, this was a this was a mind-boggling exchange here. So first of all, before we roll it for you, This professor, quote, has written many articles concerning race, class, reproductive rights, and the intersection of the three. Of course, she is a black woman, and so, of course, she is in her element here in writing about all of these things, and she's situated at one of the elite institutions in the country, Berkeley. Now, in the exchange... She accused Senator Hawley of leading to the deaths of trans people because he said that only women can get pregnant. Listen. I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have 
attempted suicide. So I think it's important Because of my line of questioning? So we can't talk about it? Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist I'm denying that trans people exist by asking you you if you're talking about women having pregnancies? Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think (laughs) So you are denying that trans people exist? This entire exchange, the Berkeley professor's mask wearing, where she had to take it off and then lean into the mic, her haughty elitism and entitlement, her accusation that Holly is transphobic, and her obvious neo-Marxism is just perfect. It's the perfect encapsulation of what we're dealing with here on the other side. One of the most fascinating and disturbing parts of this exchange is that she thought asking Holly if men can get pregnant was this amazing gotcha moment, right? Like she's like, she she thought she was putting it back in his face. And you know what? All of the liberals, all of the progressives, all of the other neo-Marxists out there thought she got in like this great gotcha moment too, She sat there all self-satisfied when she was like, well, Senator Hawley, do you think blah, blah, blah? But all of the progressives in this country thought she scored against him. Listen to these headlines. Jezebel, Berkeley law professor eviscerates Senator Josh Hawley at post-Roe hearing. Above the law's headline, you have to watch this law professor shut down Senator Josh Hawley. Huffington Post, Professor Schools, Senator Josh Hawley for his transphobic questions in abortion hearing. Guys, we live in two different countries. Our two warring political factions can't even agree on if men can get pregnant, which, by the way, they cannot. I mean, the fact that we even have to say this is outrageous. But again, they're doing all of this for a couple of reasons. To destroy the nuclear family. This is what communism and Marxism is all about. Destroy the nuclear family so that you're reliant on the state. The state then becomes your religion. The state then becomes your protector. The state becomes your sanctuary rather than your religious faith or your your family. It becomes a state. This is what all of this is about. They want to break young men. They want to break young people, but young men in particular, we had this discussion last week on this podcast when we were talking about school shootings. They are encouraging tremendous confusion, undermining confidence, talking about toxic masculinity, and all of this is all of a piece Men can get pregnant. Come on. This is epic gaslighting. But it's all of a piece to serve a much bigger and darker political movement to transform the country. Pew Research has pulled on this topic. A majority, 60%, 6-0, say that gender is determined by sex assigned at birth. But listen to the partisan split. 86% of Republicans agree that gender is determined by sex at birth. Duh. The majority of Democrats, though, 61%, believe people's gender can be changed. So Democrats are at war with nature. They support abnormal things. And, And just 
Think about what the fights are over right now. Drag queen stripper dances for kids should be totally illegal. It's total child abuse. And whether people should be able to do heroin in public, all of this stuff. Again, all of this is in service of destroying the country from within. And they've got a million different prongs going in a million different directions achieving this. Democrats can still win with their control over the power centers. The Berkeley law professor and the media and the administrative state and the culture and academia, all of it, again, all of it working together as a piece for the bigger goal. Listen to this example. Back in May, the Department of Agriculture announced that it would take billions of dollars in national school lunch programming funding away from schools that don't let biological males use the girls' bathroom or compete in girls' sports. Title IX was passed under my former boss, President Nixon, when he was in office, Title IX, and it was an extraordinary achievement to protect girls and their rights and and girls' sports and women's sports. Well, Title IX now is going to be used to enforce this radical trans ideology as well, which is cultural Marxism. When you talk about all this gender confusion and they're doing drag queens and all of this stuff, it is cultural Marxism. Learn about it. We're bringing it to you all the time on this podcast. Again, it's all of a much bigger piece. The Daily Caller reports that Biden's administration released new Title IX regulations yesterday. And of course, just the Daily Caller is covering this. Not many others are. But they changed the Title IX regs yesterday that could force schools to allow biological men in women's private facilities like locker rooms and bathrooms and girls' and women's sports. They report the DOE, Department of Education, is proposing an extension of Title IX, the landmark civil rights law prohibiting sex-based discrimination in federally funded schools that would apply to sexual orientation and gender identity. This proposal would force public schools to allow biological men to participate in women's sports and access facilities such as locker rooms and bathrooms in order to receive federal funding. Guys, this is how they win. They don't need to convince you that open borders make sense. They can just rule immigration law unconstitutional because it's racist. Guys, this is how they win. They do it through the back door. They do it under the radar. They do it through administrative rulings. They don't need to convince you, for example, that open borders make sense. They don't. They can just rule that immigration law is unconstitutional because it's, quote, racist. Here's a little notice ruling from last year that's currently on appeal. According to the Las Vegas uh, Review Journal, quote, a federal judge in Nevada has declared unconstitutional a longstanding statute that makes it a crime to return to the United States after being deported calling the law racist and discriminatory against Mexican and Latinx individuals. Not making this up. A judge, she is U.S. District Judge Miranda Dew, issued the ruling uh, recently 
And she said the record before the court reflects that at no point has Congress confronted the racist nativist roots of Section 1326, meaning if you're deported from the country and you come back in, it's a federal crime. She's saying that's unconstitutional because it's racist. This is how they win. They keep racking up administrative rules and legal victories like this one. And most of the time it's happening under the radar so we don't see it until it's too late. And then getting rid of it becomes almost impossible because they entrench it in the system. This is how they play the game. Dirty and for keeps. But they're really good at it because they have the protection of the press and because they keep their eyes on the prize. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to Harriet Higman, who is running against Liz Cheney in Wyoming. It's going to be a sensational conversation, so sit tight. Also, you guys, listen up. We are being crushed by inflation. We just talked about it in the first segment of the show. The new inflation numbers are just off the charts, worst in over 40 years. Everywhere you turn, everything costs more, a lot more. You know who understood the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. And it's not too late for you to take action right now. Text Monica to 989 989- 898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold Group is the company I trust and you can too. So to secure your future right now, text Monica to 989 989- 898 and get real help from Birch Gold Group today. Again, text Monica to 989-898 to claim your free, no obligation info kit on protecting your savings with gold. We'll be right back. Well, I am absolutely delighted to have with me today Harriet Hagman. Harriet is the Republican candidate for Wyoming's lone congressional seat. She is the only Republican candidate to have earned President Trump's endorsement, and she is leading the pack to defeat Liz Cheney in Wyoming's August 16th primary. Her website is HagmanForWyoming.com. Again, HagmanForWyoming.com. Please go there, check her out, and support her however you can. She joins me now. Harriet, welcome. Monica, it's wonderful to be with you today. Thank you for having me. Of course, and I'm so happy to have you here. Your race is pure fire. Everybody is talking about it. Everybody is watching it. Uh, Before we get into where things stand right now in the race, give the audience a little bit of your background, where you came from, and, and why you decided to take on this race. Well, Monica, thank you. I grew up on a ranch outside of Fort Laramie, Wyoming, which is over on the eastern side. Uh, The town is about 250 people, and I graduated from a a little high school called Lingle Fort Laramie High School. I went to a community college, Casper College, on a livestock judging scholarship in 1981. 
And then I went to the University of Wyoming, where I received both my bachelor's degree and my law degree. I've been practicing law for over 33 years. I'm a water, natural resource, property rights, and constitutional attorney. And I've handled some extremely important cases and and files uh, here in the state of Wyoming, protecting our ranching industry, working for irrigation districts. The way I put it is I work for those businesses and families and and, uh, uh, corporations that put food on your table, gas in your car, a roof over your head, and we pave your highways. I'm very proud to work for resource producers and having come from a ranch, it's something that is near and dear to my heart. I have a very large family. My, I had six brothers and sisters, and then my parents took in over 40 foster children while I was growing up. I have 12 nieces and nephews and 14 great nieces and nephews with two more on the way. Almost all of us live in Wyoming. My mother will be 99 years old this year, and she's still over in, in Torrington. I, I visit with her quite regularly. And I am focused on uh, really regulatory reform and trying to rein in the administrative state. I've been focusing specifically on that for the last couple of years and trying to bring the power back to the states as as well as to force Congress to actually do its job of legislating and taking that power away from the administrative agencies. I love it, Harriet. Such a brilliant and and common sense platform. And so what is needed in America today, Um, you know, you are really the embodiment of the American dream. And anytime I speak to an America first candidate like you, I always make mention of the fact that the left's worst nightmare was you. Um, because they they had to destroy Donald Trump because their worst nightmare was that Trump was going to succeed and give rise to hundreds of America first candidates. And you're exactly what we need right now. So when you were when you were living your life and then looking at what was happening to Wyoming and to the country writ large, why did you decide that you were going to take on Liz Cheney in particular? Why this race? Well, it's our only congressional seat, and she's not doing her job. So Liz Cheney has betrayed Wyoming. She has betrayed me, and she has betrayed our country. She's not doing what we sent her to Congress to do. We didn't send her to Congress to be the judge and jury uh, and to destroy Donald Trump. But yet that is what her stated goal is. We only have one congressional representative, and we need to make it count. And we can't count on her. She, doesn't, uh, she, she does not get along with her fellow Republicans. She's not capable of working with them. And so right now, Wyoming really has no representation in Congress at all. And where this started was last January after she made her decision to impeach President Trump without any due process. And she's done and said the things things that she has. I've had people all over the state of Wyoming contacting me and asking me to run against her. And as, as things gelled out over the last year in March, I started becoming much more serious about it. And then by the summer, I had solidified my decision and decided that I was going to do this. But really, a large part of this comes back to what happened with the COVID response. As a, as a constitutional attorney, as someone who comes from a small business, as someone who ran my own law firm for 20 years, I understand the importance of small businesses to our communities. And our governors and our so-called leaders did everything in their power with the COVID response to destroy our small businesses. They then knew that they had blown a hole in their budget the size of of the Grand Canyon. And so they started going to Congress demanding money. And what happens is, is that it's bad enough that Congress deficit spends to the tune of now a $30 trillion in debt. But if we start deficit spending to sprinkle money to New York and, and, and Michigan and Massachusetts and California and those states who made horrible decisions during the coronavirus, 
then there it's unlimited. Uh, deficit spending is bad enough in and of itself, but it covers up a lot of really bad policies. But our states have to balance their budgets because constitutionally they're required to. We now have the federal government that is circumventing the state legislators, making direct appropriations to agencies and schools within our states, thereby dictating policy. I looked at all of those things and with the work I've done challenging the EPA and the U.S. Forest Service and Fish and Wildlife Service and, and those kinds of agencies, I said, I've got to get involved in this because we've got to get this country back on track to the actual constitutional republic that we are. So I made the decision to do it because I want to represent Wyoming. And I think Wyoming deserves to have a representative in Congress that understands their issues. Absolutely, Harriet. And and your point is so critical that Wyoming, because it's so sparsely populated, only has one congressional seat. So you, you guys cannot afford to waste it on someone who is not delivering for the state, who is spending most of her time in Washington and serving the swamp. Um, and her whole, Cheney's whole useful idiot routine on the January 6th committee is the swamp perfectly symbolized, you know, and it's such a shame of what's become of her, but we really don't have any time to waste in running people like Liz Cheney out of positions of power. So I'm so thankful to you for taking this on. What is the status of the race, Harriet? What's the latest polling showing? Well, the race is going very, very well because I live here and I have been around. I'm sitting in Lander, Wyoming today. I was in Casper last night. We're heading to Big Piney and Rock Springs and I'll be back in Cheyenne. So it's about another thousand mile swing through 1500 mile swing through Wyoming in three days. I have done uh, over 32,000 miles since I announced that I was running for Congress in the state of Wyoming. I have met with literally tens of thousands of people across the state. There's an enormous amount of excitement. We were in the parade in Casper yesterday, thousands of people there. And just if that was a pool, uh, we're doing very, very well, just simply because of the cheering and yelling and excitement and people wanting to take photographs and hug me and, and different things. The polling is looking very, very good. Uh, Liz Cheney does not come back to Wyoming. She doesn't visit with us. She has no interest in us. She calls us crazies. She says anybody who disagrees with her is crazy. And the way I've described that is that the World, the word deplorables must have already been taken by her friend, uh, um, uh, as, as Hillary Clinton. And so <laughs> the, the poll is the polls are going very well. I need everybody out there to vote. We want to show not only the state of Wyoming, but this country that you can take a grassroots candidate like me who came from very, very, very humble beginnings outside of Fort Laramie and that we're the ones that can come in and save this country. I think that Absolutely. We need average everyday people to do it. We're the only ones that can. We got to get rid of the, the Uniparty in D.C. Yes, absolutely. And again, I want to remind everybody we're talking to Harriet Higman, who is challenging Liz Cheney for Wyoming's one congressional seat. And her website is Harriet Higman. I'm sorry, it is HigmanforWyoming.com. So please go there, check out Harriet if you like what you see, and you should support her however you can. Um, Harriet, as you travel Wyoming, what, what are the issues that you hear most from uh, the voters there? I'm assuming the economy, inflation, gas prices, the regulatory state, and the open border. Is there anything else that you're hearing, and how are you addressing all these issues? Monica, we need you to run for office because you actually understand the issues better than most of the people in D.C. who are allegedly representing us right now. You hit Thank the you. nail on the head. Thank They're you. They're concerned about inflation. Right now, they said that June has been revised and the inflation was 9.1%. I don't believe that number. Do you? Nope. None of us do. Nope. Just look at what we're spending the money on. 
we're at probably a minimum of 15% right now. And you, I at least lived through the late 1970s. I know what it's like to have 15% interest rate and 15% inflation and what it does to small businesses like my families. So uh, it's inflation, it's the open border, and it's protection of our energy industries. We in Wyoming know that energy policy and energy security is national security. We know that what's happening in Ukraine is because of failed Western energy policy over the last 20 years. We talked about the Green New Deal. These are things that are so destructive. We're seeing Sri Lanka collapse. We're seeing the Netherlands. We're seeing the riots in the Netherlands because they're the second largest food exporter in the world. And their own government is trying to destroy their ability to grow food for, to feed not only themselves, but the masses throughout the world. We've got a lot of cruel people in government right now, and we're all concerned about it. We've got people who are running our governments. Again, the Western world has been on a almost a suicide pact for 20, 20 years in terms of pursuing this nonsense of the Green New Deal, even though that might not have been the name for it. And, and people are rising up and saying, you're not going to starve me. You're not going to starve my children. You're not going to take our rights away from our grandchildren. Those are the issues that are important to everybody. I've just been walking around this restaurant where I'm getting ready to have breakfast. Everybody here is saying, what can you do to protect us from what's going on in Washington, D.C.? And that's the thing is that right now we're looking at what's happening in D.C. We're looking at those folks as our enemies because they're adopting policies that are so destructive, the open border Wyoming has 570,000 people. They are going to be having more illegal aliens come into this country, double than the population of the state of Wyoming. Do you realize what that could do to a state like Wyoming? With 570,000 people, we are going to have more than a million people illegally crossing that border this year. That's double our population. That is something that is not sustainable. It is destructive. It is destructive to our schools. It is destructive to our businesses, to our infrastructure. And it is something that we just simply can't tolerate. And those are the issues that are important to Wyomingites, not January 6th. They think that what Liz Cheney is doing is just absolutely reprehensible and embarrassing. We are witnessing the deliberate takedown of the United States of America, and it's coming in every direction uh, from Washington, uh, from the leftists, and also from the useful idiots like Liz Cheney, who continue to aid and abet the leftists in this fundamental transformation of the nation, the destruction of our sovereignty, the destruction of our people, the destruction of our economy. It's all of a piece, Harriet, and you get it. So we need people like you in Congress who understand the nature of of the war that we are fighting in this country. The enemy is within. Liz Cheney is helping them do it. And that's why we need to send Liz Cheney packing and give the people of Wyoming real representation. And you are exactly the person to do it. Harriet, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today and, and for taking on this fight. Go get her. Monica, thank you so much. I've just always enjoyed you. I've enjoyed what you do your thought processes, and you just have been a, you've been a true inspiration for me. I can't wait to meet you in person and thank you for what you do in terms of getting our message out. Well, thank you for the very kind words, Harriet. I cannot wait to meet you in person too. Hopefully it'll be at your swearing in in January in Congress. (laughs) (laughs) Go get them, Harriet. Harriet Higman, higmanforwyoming.com is the website. Please go check her out. If you like what you see, and you should because she is a true fierce warrior for freedom, for her state of Wyoming, but also for the country. She truly gets it. She is truly America first. And she will defeat Liz Cheney with all of our help. Harriet Hagman, thank you so much. Back in a flash. (laughs) 
Okay, time to hit the midweek email bag. Send me an email to monicacrowleypodcast at gmail.com and I might read yours on the air. Tom from Long Island writes, I love the unfiltered Monica that shines through on your podcast. Keep it up and thanks for giving normal people with traditional non-commie views a strong voice. The new rock and music definitely more fitting for the kicking ass and taking names attitude of the show. Much respect. Well, thank you so much, Tom. That's very kind of you. I promise you that I will always kick ass and take names. We are the new right. Tough, unafraid, truth tellers, and fighters. And thank you for being with us, Tom. You are definitely one of us. JT has a joke for us. How many Democrats does it take to fix a problem? Answer, no one knows because it's never happened. (laughs) Ha ha, JT. Good one. Good one. Actually, and I hate to be a Debbie Downer here, but I always got to bring you the truth. Actually, the Democrat communists create every problem we experience, everyone, and then claim that they have the solution, which of course invariably makes it worse. This is the scam. This is the scam they run in order to seize and then keep power while trying to transform the country into a neo-communist hellhole. We're on to them, though, and we'll be damned if we're going to allow them to continue their march of destruction. Oh, hell no. Thank you, JT. And thanks to all of you for joining me and helping to build this community of happy warriors here on the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thanks also for checking out our terrific sponsors. On Friday, a big show with Carrie Lake, the Trump-endorsed candidate for governor of Arizona. She will be here. She is a fierce warrior for America First, and I can't wait to talk with her. You're not going to want to miss that. In the meantime, have a great rest of your week, and I will see you right back here on Friday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.